0: I, I asked that um, that Coldplay song be sung as I start this new series. I know you can't believe that we sang. That was a secular song. I saw some of you with your hands raised as we were singing that. But, um, you know, as I, 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 I'm not into a lot of secular music, but I heard that about a month ago. And uh, the song just gripped me, and uh, I, I felt... Um, that it was an anthem that could be sung by Holy Spirit. Because I believe the cry of Holy Spirit is that He will and can fix you if you allow Him to. Oh see, it's a 2 it thing, friends. You will not get fixed unless you allow Holy Spirit to fix you. Uh, and, uh, and it's the same for us all. So I believe this morning as we start this new series that I wanted to call Fire, um, it is essential for us to be ready for all that Jesus wants us to be in our walk with Him and and also ready for all that He intends uh, to happen through His church in this present evil world. And um, and I, I almost feel that I have to begin... With an apology, and um, and um, and say to you that I feel that I've been too quiet about this vital subject of Holy Spirit. I I believe that I've been too quiet because I haven't wanted to offend people in talking about what is perhaps a controversial thing. And so I repent before you, and I repent before God this morning for the fact that the subject of Holy Spirit has not been talked about in this church as much as he should have been talked about, and that we have played down the whole subject of the baptism in the Holy Spirit being evidenced in the Scripture by the fact that when people were filled in the Scripture with Holy Spirit, they either spoke in tongues or prophesied. Uh, so having said that, I'll dive right in here, uh, and uh, and some of you said amen, and some of you have gone quiet on me because you feel that this is a controversial thing you don't want to hear much about, but I, I'm sorry, I have to obey the Holy Spirit this morning and talk about this wonderful third member of the Trinity. Here. Now in the Bible, there are two kinds of immersion that... Christians are called to enter into. The one immersion is in a tank, in a pool, it may be in a river or a lake, where we are baptized, submerged in water. The other I want to call this morning the Niagara Falls immersion, where we are totally soaked from above. I, I, and i am put a picture of, of up on the screen, can we have that picture there, is it there? They've lost it. Oh, it's behind me. There it is. Can you believe they have a platform where you can go to the Niagara Falls and you can stand under the falls and it just comes and drenches you? You know, if you read the Bible, the beginning of each of the Gospels introduces us to Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they want us to know who Jesus is and why he had come to earth. And it's amazing as you read the four versions of how they introduced Jesus, how they all linked together. They were actually quoting John the Baptist. In Matthew chapter 3, in verse 11, it says, Matthew speaking, I baptize uh, with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and carry his sandals he will baptize you with the holy spirit and with fire then mark's gospel mark chapter 8 uh, chapter 1 and verse 8 uh, i indeed baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the holy spirit luke speaking luke recording john baptist's words uh, he said this in chapter 3 and verse 16, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and say it with me, and fire. Oof. Then, then we go to the Gospel of John. John's Gospel, chapter 1. And here John, he expands on the whole thing. He talks about being, John being at the, um, the, the place of water baptism and he's baptizing people. And it reads like this in verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I have said after me comes a man who is preferred before me for he was before me. I, I did not know him but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I come baptizing you with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him. And I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit." And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And so the Gospel writers are totally united. They are totally together in their introduction of Jesus to the world. They wanted us to see that, the one, uh, the, the, that one of Jesus' primary works, uh, that he would be known for not only as a Savior, but he would also be the baptizer in Holy Spirit, that he would be the drencher of people with Holy Spirit. Now, this morning, friends, you're going to have to forgive me, I'm going to throw a lot of scriptures at you, but what I want you to see is that I'm not coming with a pet theory, I'm coming with the Word of God to you this morning. I want you to see that this whole thing is bathed in the Word of God, When we get to the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, we find Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, now he's speaking to the disciples just before he ascends to heaven, and and what he does is this, he's preparing them for the future, and he prepares them for the future by repeating the promises that we've just read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when uh, it says, I should say, in chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so now Jesus confirms what the apostles have said in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he says that was true words, and it's about to happen. And, and then all Bible commentators agree that that promise was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, where it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come... They were all with one accord and in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want you to notice that three things happened. Number one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit came from above. They were drenched with Holy Spirit. It was that the Holy Spirit came and filled the room where they were. It filled the place. The second thing I want you to note was this, that each of them were individually filled with Holy Spirit. It said the the Holy Spirit fell upon each of them. There was flames of fire on each of them. And then I want you to notice this, the third thing, that there was an overflow, which is an important biblical principle. It's a principle that Jesus said would happen. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, Jesus said these words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh, I want you to get that, friends. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, as I read the scripture, I find in every case, every case, where we are told that Holy Spirit immersed people, they spoke in tongues or they prophesied. See, it was the overflow of their hearts. It was what filled them now came out of their mouths. What fills them, Jesus said it would happen out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, It's not only a biblical principle, it's a universal principle, that whatever fills your heart will overflow out through your mouth. Oh yes, friends, whatever fills you, whatever is important to you, whatever is priority to you, whatever is most on your mind, it's going to come out of your mouth. It it is a, a universal principle, out of the heart, the overflow is through the mouth, And that's what happened to the 120 that were immersed in Holy Spirit. It was that Holy Spirit filled their hearts and the overflow was supernatural. Say that word with me. Super. Say it again. Oh, it sounds so good. It was supernatural. It came out of them. Read it in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They all began to speak in languages that they had never learned or ever spoken before. It was supernatural. It wasn't a natural happening. It was a supernatural happening. God, the Holy Spirit got a hold of the most unruly member of our bodies. Tell the person next to you and you'll wish you had the chance to have told them this a long time ago. I'm giving you the permission say, the most unruly member of your body is your tongue. Just tell them that. But on that day, that day, Holy Spirit filled them And now out of their mouths came languages that they'd never learned. Out of their mouth came languages that they'd never ever spoken before. This moment, friends, was where Jesus and women and men cooperated. I need you to hear this. It is so important. It was a moment where women and men cooperated with Jesus Because the Bible tells us that the baptizer in Holy Spirit is none other than Jesus himself. And and so it is that Jesus filled them with Holy Spirit, but they had to speak. Now get this, get this, it's very important. You see, Holy Spirit didn't speak. They did the speaking. Holy Spirit filled them, gave them the languages and they didn't understand them, to them it might have been babbling, to them it may have been whatever, but they, they just obeyed and they spoke it out. They spoke it out. Holy Spirit didn't do the speaking, they did the speaking. You know, I've, I've met people, and we've talked about the infilling of Holy Spirit, And they've said to me, you know, I've waited 20 years for God to do it all. I said, I want to tell you, you'll wait all your life. Because it's not scriptural to wait for God to do it all. Because it's a cooperation between God, He fills us, and us, we speak. All right. (laughs) Now, I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. Because it's going to release a lot of you who have waited and waited and waited to speak in other tongues. And, and all the time you may have had the voices in your mind, but you've never spoken out. Hey, you will wait forever. You will never speak in tongues if you're going to wait for God to get hold of your tongue and start waggling it. That's not going to happen. It is in your power to speak it out. Listen, God never makes us do what we don't want to do. He will never, never come in and take over because it is. He's given us a free will and he wants us to operate with that free will. And so he says, I'll fill you, but you've got to speak. In Acts chapter 10, there's an amazing thing happened. The apostle Peter is led by the Holy Spirit to non-Jews called gentiles and he was specifically re- led to a guy's house he was specifically led to one of these uh, homes of a non-jew a gentile his name was Cornelius and Cornelius had begged him to come and, and 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 you know Jews never really ever went into the homes of gentiles but now God had spoke to Peter and said i want you to go i want you to go and so it was that he went and he went to Cornelius's house where Cornelius had gathered his family and his friends and the place was pretty filled. And Peter begins to preach. But as he's preaching, a remarkable thing happened. Let's read it. It's in Acts 10, 44. Listen to what it says. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those listening. The Jews who came with Peter Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to Gentiles too. But there could be no doubt about it because they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Hey, Hey, listen, Peter got in trouble. All the authorities, you know, the authorities called him in. And he was back in Jerusalem and the chiefs of the church, they called him in. And, and they said, "Hey, number one, it was a Gentile, and 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 what on earth would you were you doing?" And this is what Peter said. He says in chapter eleven of Acts, chapter verse fifteen. Well, I began telling them the good news, but just as I was getting started with my sermon, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as He fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when He said. Yes, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since it was God who gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave to us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to argue? (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I got in trouble, I got in trouble last week uh, at St Paul's Baptist, because I said something that I I found out afterward, what afterward could have been offensive, you know, and um, uh, and and I, I never thought, uh, you know. I won't tell you what it is because I'll probably offend somebody. But, but um, <laughs> my 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 answer was was this: It's amazing what you say when you're under the anointing of God, and it's, so I blamed Holy Spirit for it, but. <laughs> This is what Peter was doing. He says, who was I to argue with with Jesus who was pouring out Holy Spirit? And he said, "I I couldn't believe my eyes either because they spoke in tongues and praised God. The evidence, the evidence was that they spoke in tongues and praised God. Now, you may be here this morning and you were brought up in a dignified church. Where even standing to worship, apart from having a hymn book in your hand, was out of the question. Where it was that raise in your hands or clap in your hands, uh, it was that um, now that was looked down upon because it's not dignified. You need to know, friends, that a lot of what happens in churches in America um, is just religion, dignified religion. You see, you see. the fact is that Riverside is not like that because we're not religious. We are into a relationship with Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Dignified religion is not New Testament religion. It is not New Testament religion. In the New Testament, they cried, they sang, they clapped, they danced, they shouted, they raised their hands, and they got excited. How many are excited about Jesus here this morning? Oh yeah, come on, give him praise, come on, lift it up to him. We love you Lord, we love you Lord. How many here have great hope for the future because of Jesus being in your life? Amen. The fact is, we can't keep quiet about it. We can't shut up about it. We we can't keep it in. It's something that has to come out. If it fills you, it's going to come out. Now, in the New Testament, the two ways that they received Holy Spirit immersion... If we look at the ways they received in the Scripture, it will help us to receive as well. Firstly, it came as they worshipped God, and it can happen to you as you worship God. When you just stop watching what's happening on the stage, and you enter into worship. When you lose the consciousness of what's going on around you. And now you're in touch with Holy Spirit. When it is when it is that you can have lights and sound and everything else, but that doesn't matter because I'm in touch with Holy Spirit. When it is that I'm worshiping God from the center of my being and I'm not taken up with religious stuff. When it is that I'm taken up in worship. It's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They were together in that upper room and they were worshiping a magnifying God and they got drenched with the Holy Spirit, friends. And it's what I'm praying will happen here this morning. I want God to drench us with the Holy Spirit. Others received Holy Spirit in Scripture by the laying on of hands of others who were already filled with Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, he went to a place called Ephesus, and when he got there, he found some disciples of John the Baptist, and um, look what happened. It says in Acts 19, verse 1 through 6, Paul traveled through Turkey and arrived in Ephesus where he found several disciples. He said, did you receive Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we don't know what you mean, what is the Holy Spirit. Then what beliefs did you acknowledge at your baptism? He asked, and they replied, what John the Baptist taught. Then Paul pointed out to them that John's baptism was to demonstrate a desire to turn from sin to God. And those receiving his baptism must go on to believe in Jesus, the one John said would come later. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they were immersed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands upon their heads, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other languages and prophesied. Wow! Paul simply laid his hands on them, and all he was was a conduit for Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit filled them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, I want to tell you very quickly the purpose of Holy Spirit's drenching. Anyone out there this morning, you say, I need drenching. Anyone need drenching by the Holy Spirit? And and here's the purpose. The first purpose is this, power. That is the first purpose. We need fixing. (laughs) I I, I don't know about you, but but friends, I'll tell you this. As an old man, that even though following Jesus over 50 years, I still need fixing. (laughs) And, and, and the fact is that it's not by our power, it's by God's power. He has the, the way of fixing us. He knows how to fix us. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus speaking what were his last words on earth before he ascended to heaven. He said in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. That word power them in, in the proper language, in the, in the language it was written in the Greek, it means dynamite. That's what it means. You will receive dynamite. How many know that dynamite causes explosions? An explosion happened on that day of Pentecost. And those men and women in that upper room were never, ever the same after that day. Until that day, until that day when Holy Spirit drenched them, Jesus had been risen from the dead over 50 days, and, and hardly anyone in Jerusalem had heard about it. The disciples were not talking about it because they were scared to death. They were hiding away for fear of their lives. But when the explosion happened, when Holy Spirit drenched them, when Holy Spirit was poured out, I want to tell you, within a few hours, the whole of Jerusalem knew that Jesus was alive. Within hours, after the explosion of the Holy Spirit, the whole of the city knew about Jesus. All this power available to you today. If you allow the Holy Spirit in, he will fix you and fix a lot of stuff. And fix a lot of stuff in us that has held us back from getting all that Jesus wants us to be. See, next week, friends, I'll talk to you about the fact that Jesus wants us to turn this city upside down. And we can only do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. But, but the fact is this, that in every area of your life, see, it's a cooperation thing all the time. It is that He will fill you, you'll have to speak. But but if you're going to know change in your life, it's a cooperation between you and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you power and it will be that you will find that areas of your life that have been totally impossible to you are suddenly opening up and that God is moving in you and change is taking place because of the dynamite of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Let me ask you this, and you need an answer out loud, but what's the worst thing that's happening in your life right now? It could be anything. The worst thing you could think of, and you do think about it, it's on your mind 20 times a day, 100 times a day. It, it's on your mind, if not hours, it's on your mind all day. Is it a family thing? Is it a family thing you're trying to work through? Or, or, or is it a marriage thing? Maybe, maybe you feel you're failing your spouse and you know it, but you don't know what to do about it. Maybe it's a children thing and, 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 and it, it's all out of control and you, it, you, it's on your mind all the time. And, and you don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to step into it. It could be a financial thing. It it could be a bad habit thing that you feel powerless against. It overwhelms you. It takes over you, and you can't beat it. Maybe it's simply that you want to live the Jesus way, and it's too hard for you. You say, I want to live like Jesus every day, but it's too hard. Actually, Jesus was dealing with something that was very real in this Scripture and very specific in the disciples, I told you already. It was this fear thing. They were filled with fear for their lives. They were scared to show that they were followers of Jesus. They were absolutely petrified that they were going to die on a cross the same way that Jesus died on the cross, Now, we do not have the problem yet of fearing for our lives, for being followers of Jesus here in America, but these disciples were scared to death, and they were controlled by their fear. Whatever fills a man drives a man, and so if you're filled with fear, your fear will drive your life. You're filled with anxiety. Anxiety will drive your life. It is whatever fills you will drive you. And, and, and Jesus hit it right on the head in Acts 1 8 uh, when he said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, the message of Jesus is a supernatural message. It's a message that says that Jesus, the man, died, that he was buried, and that he arose again from the dead, and all that is supernatural, friends. The message that we have is a supernatural message, and if we're going to witness to others about a supernatural event, we need supernatural power. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit, The immersion of the Holy Spirit totally drenched the followers of Jesus in that upper room. And from that day, they became powerful, powerful witnesses for Jesus. Power. Why do I need Holy Spirit? I need dynamite. I need power. I need power. I need power. I need to explode the problems of my life by the power of the Holy Spirit. I need God coming in on situations that are out of my control. I need God taking over. I need God lifting me up so that I can be all that he wants me to be. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me finish by answering the question from the Bible about how we receive Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said. Said in, in Luke chapter 11, if a son asks bread from any father among you, he, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, if you're writing down, how do I receive Holy Spirit? The first thing that is essential, you must be thirsty. Oh, say it with me. Thirsty. See, this is not for theologians, friends. Theologians try to work it out with their mind. No, no, it's for the thirsty. It's for those who say, I can't make it on my own. It's for those who say, I need something extra to help me to get through this. It's for real weak Christians. It's for people who are saying that I feel inadequate and I'm not making it. It's for the powerless. You know there has to be more because you want to serve Jesus better. If You come to him thirsty. I want to tell you, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling fragile, if you're feeling desperate, if you're feeling that you can't make it, I want to tell you you're in the right place this morning. If you are thirsty for God and you're thirsty for Holy Spirit, the next thing you have to do is to come to the baptizer, Jesus, and ask to be drenched. And as you're drenched, you drink. You know, when we baptize in people, with, uh, people in water, We say we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when you hear the words Holy Spirit, you're going under the water. You better close your mouth. (laughs) And you see them go like that. As soon as they hear me say in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they go, hmm. But friends, with the drenching, you open your mouth. And you drink in the atmosphere. In fact, let me tell you something. I prayed through this building this morning and prayed that the atmosphere would be filled with Holy Spirit. And as you breathe in right now, you are breathing in Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in this room right now. Only you can drink in, Holy Spirit. No one can do that for you. You can close your mouth and say, I don't believe this. You can close your mouth and say, I received Holy Spirit when I got saved. Listen, listen, the disciples never got saved until after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Think about it. They couldn't have their sins forgiven until Jesus had died for their sins. And so, and so they, they never received Jesus until after the resurrection. And in fact, what happened was this, that Jesus met them in the room and the Bible says he breathed into them, Holy Spirit. Now, I do believe, I do believe that when we get saved, we receive Holy Spirit, that we receive a sense of God's presence in our lives. We're not talking about whether Holy Spirit is within you, friends. We're asking, have you ever been drenched by Holy Spirit? It's a second blessing that comes from God that says, hey, listen, I know you know Jesus, but have you been drenched with the Holy Spirit that gives you power and fire so that you tell the world about Jesus? If you then be an evil Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I just felt the Lord say, you know, you've got to be careful. If you're saying, I don't want Holy Spirit, I want to tell you that God is saying, you need to ask me for it. You need to ask me. Oh, he said, listen, listen. He says, listen. You're shutting out power. You're shutting out dynamite. You're shutting out fire. And if it is that you just want to be dignified and a dignified Christian, then carry on as you are, friends. But I believe this, that we are here on mission, that we can't do it in our own power and our own might. We have a city to be turned up da- upside down. We need out have a nation that needs winning back to Jesus. We have a world that's lost in sin. And without the fire of God, we will never, ever see it happen. So I need to come thirsty and I need to come asking. And then I need to release the overflow. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the, que- the fact is that if you ask and drink, and you drink in of Holy Spirit, out of your mouth, the evidence will come. You'll have a language come to your mind you don't understand. You'll have a language come to your mind you've never heard before, Maybe. You maybe even think it's a gibberish language or you've heard someone speak in tongues and you feel you're copying them, forget all that stuff and just speak it out. Just speak it out. You say, well, how do I know if it's the right thing? Well, listen, friends, if you ask God for the right thing, He will give you the right thing. He's not playing about with your mind. If he says, ask and you will receive. If he says, ask of me, of the Holy Spirit, he's not playing about with you. The fact is that it's the right thing. If you're asking for the right thing, it will be the right thing. Say this with me. If I ask for the right thing, I will never get the wrong thing. Now turn to the one next to you and say to them, if you ask for the right thing, you'll never get the wrong thing. Tell them that right now. Now be ready for the devil's objections. Already he's been speaking to you and saying, you don't believe this stuff. And even though the Scriptures are blatantly telling you it's true, the devil's a liar, gag him. Gag him, friends. Tell him he's a liar. Now everyone who's in this room who's ever spoken tongues will tell you that when they spoke in tongues, the devil does come and say, that's not the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, it's you. Hey, listen. This is what you got to do, right? I, this came to me in a flash. You got to agree with him. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. See, because Holy Spirit fills me, but I speak. So, if he comes and says that's not Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, it's you. Say yes, it is. Absolutely. Thanks for agreeing with me, and thanks for agreeing with God, because God fills me and I speak it out. I speak it out. I tell you, I'm not going to force anything on you. I believe there are people here this morning that are thirsty, crying out. And I'm praying with all my heart that the word that I brought is simple enough, that you will grasp this truth. He fills, I speak. Say it with me. He fills, And so now, as we begin to worship God, I tell you, we're going to do two things. We're going to begin to worship God. We've got a few minutes left here. And, and you know, I told the Lord this morning. Well, actually, he told me. He said, you know, if the service goes past 10.30, I'll take the responsibility. I said, thank you very much. That's good by me. All right. Listen. Listen, friends. I'm going to have a team of prayer people at the front here in a moment. And they are going to come. And, and they're going to, if you want, they will lay hands on you. They're people who have been filled with Holy Spirit. And they will lay hands on you. You may even hear them speaking in tongues. You know, you know I, I said to Holy Spirit, I said, I, is it okay if I speak in tongues in front of the congregation? And immediately the scripture came to me that if there's a message in tongues, or anyone speaks in tongues, there should be interpretation. And the Holy Spirit said, yes, you can speak in tongues, and what comes out of your mouth in English after it is going to be an interpretation of what you said. The Bible says that he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks to God. All right, listen listen to it again. He who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks to God. So it's a prayer language. And it is that as I speak to God, my understanding doesn't know what I'm saying. But he says there's a gift of interpretation. And I find, friends, whenever I'm praying and I speak in tongues, what comes out of my mouth next is praise to God in English. And I believe that I'm interpreting what I've just spoken in tongues. And so this morning, I want you to be free. And I want you to come right now thirsty thirsty asking, fill me, Lord. Ask Jesus. Jesus, will you fill me? And then, then, friends, listen, you've got to be obedient on this. You speak out the words that come to your mind. It may sound gibberish. The devil will tell you it's not a language. The devil will tell you all sorts of stuff. Tell him to get lost. Tell him to get out of here and just be obedient and begin if you will with a whisper but then begin to hear your own voice speaking in a ta- a language that you've never learned or oh, quickly you know a lady got filled with the spirit and she thought it was very strange because after every sentence of the new tongue she got she whistled so she'd speak in tongues and then whistle and she thought that's very strange Till she went on a mission trip to Africa deep into the jungle and she got to a, a, a whole group of people and as they were talking to her every sentence they spoke at the end of it was a whistle isn't that amazing? see it can be a known language or an unknown language it can be a language that's only known in heaven but you speak it out you don't hold it in you speak it out you, you say well I'm going to feel foolish well feel foolish you are obeying jesus oh i want to tell you i'll do anything for jesus even if i've got to look foolish i'll do it for you. so right now right now let's all stand let's all stand and we're going to begin to worship god I, i've asked for this song to be sung i want i want the prayer team to come along the front if you will and and if you want hands laid on you to receive holy spirit then you come forward. But, but friends, you don't have to. You can receive right where you are. And, and listen, listen. I, I, I want you to know that once you begin, you won't want to stop. Now in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that every devilish interference will be driven back in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that all fear will leave this room in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that people desperate and thirsty will be filled with Holy Spirit. Father, now come, come. Now let's begin to worship God, friends. Lift your head to heaven, look to heaven, and ask Jesus to fill you. Begin to sing this song, but as you find that there are Holy Spirit words coming to your mind, begin to whisper them out, speak them out, and begin to pray in that unknown tongue. And God will bless you.